Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Coincidence, Remembering Jesus Christ in Your Story. As the author and finisher of our faith, our Savior writes personal experiences into each of our lives, which can later strengthen, empower, and bring us peace upon reflection. This podcast is dedicated to sharing these anchoring memories from everyone's unique stories in order to collectively remember and testify of the reality of Jesus Christ and His presence in our lives. I'm your host, Lily, and I'm very excited to share these experiences together. So today on the podcast, we have Jennifer. Jennifer, thanks for coming. Thanks. So Jennifer, do you mind just introducing yourself just a little bit for everybody? Yeah, um, I'm Jennifer Bickerstaff. I've been a member my entire life, and um, I've had some uh, spiritual experiences since I got married and had an nonverbal um, autistic child, and I wanted to share that since he did pass away in June. Awesome. Well, I'm really grateful that you reached out to me, so just go on ahead and, and tell us your story. So in order for you to understand Ian's story, you have to understand some of the things that happened when Ian was little. So when he was two and a half, we went to the Christmas lights at the Salt Lake Temple, and we wanted to go see the Christus because we wanted our kids to know Christ and have a relationship with Christ. And so we walk up the ramp up to the Christus. My youngest daughter was a year old. And Ian was about two and a half or 15 months apart. And so we walk up to the Christus and Ian was holding daddy's hand. He lets go of daddy's hand and he walks up to Christ and he puts his arms up. And so daddy goes and lifts him up and he bows his head down and kisses the feet of Christ exactly where the nail print was. And he said, Abba, Abba. That was the first time that we realized that Ian had a relationship with his savior jesus christ because nobody taught him that abba abba meant my father my father wow but the crazy thing is that a year later he would be the child that would be nonverbal. that would lose his voice completely that's yeah. arena wow um, that's powerful yeah and then fast forward to when we actually found out, like when they actually did all the testing and told us that he was um, autistic, we are pulled into this room that's like not even bigger than a 10 by 10 room. There's a principal, an occupational therapist, a speech therapist, there's the teachers and everybody. And um, you couldn't even, the, the air in the room was so thick, you couldn't even hear a pin, you could probably hear a pin drop on the floor. That's how thick it was. You wow. knew that they had some serious stuff to say. Right. And um, and so they, uh, the principal looks at us and he, she says, I just want to let you know that uh, your son is autistic and he may never speak again. And when you hear those words come out of someone's mouth, you just go, all of your dreams that you had. For, for your children, go out the window because his dreams are no longer your dreams because you know he won't go on a mission, he won't get married, he won't have children. And, uh, 
and his life is completely different. He won't play football, he won't play any sports, any of that. And so um, we go outside and we sit in the car and um, we sit there for a minute and then we turn on the, ra on the radio and the song Rascal Flats had only been out for two months. It was on the radio and it's called uh, I Won't Let Go. And at the time we thought it was for Ian. It was because we were supposed to fight Ian's fight and we were supposed to cry with him. But then years later, I was uh, I was praying and uh, I got a revelation that that scripture or that song was not for Ian, that that song was for us. Yeah. I remember that Christ would be there when, and he would cry with us, and he would fight with us, and he would fight our fight with us, that he would always be there, but we just needed to accept that. But instead, we, we went the opposite way, and we, we tried to do it alone. But when we did things with Christ at the head, things were easier. Life was easier for us than the times when we turned away from Christ, if that makes sense. Right. Well, and I'm just looking at the lyrics right now. Do you want me to read some of them? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So, so the song is I Won't Let Go by Rascal Flatts. And it says, it's like a storm that cuts a path. It breaks your will. It feels like that. You think you're lost. But you are not lost on your own. You are not alone. I will stand by you. I will help you through when you've done all you can do. If you can't cope, I will dry your eyes. I will fight your fight. I will hold you tight. And I won't let go. It hurts my heart to see you cry. I know it's dark, this part of life. Oh, it finds us all. And we're too small to stop the rain. Oh, but when it rains, I will stand by you. I will help you through. When you've done all you can do and you can't cope, I will dry your eyes. I will fight your fight. I will hold you tight and I won't let you fall. Oh, wow. This next part is incredible. Don't be afraid to fall. I'm right here to catch you. I won't let you down. I won't get you down. You're going to make it. Yeah, I know you can make it because I will stand by you. I will help you through. When you've done all you can do and you can't cope, I will dry your eyes. I will fight your fight. I will hold you tight. And I won't let go. Oh, I'm going to hold you. And I won't let go. I won't let you go. No, I won't. Wow. And so just thinking of that that song was for us and not for our son made, right. made complete sense to me. Because we were the ones that were going to have to go through this. Correct. But we didn't know how much pain we were going to have to go through. But, the, but our son made a difference he didn't even have to speak a word to anybody there was a teacher that reached out to me and he said he said you know I was having a really really bad day and your son put his arms around me without saying a word and gave me a hug gave me the biggest hug I've ever had he said it totally turned my day around and it changed my perspective and it made me have a really good day after that that's so, beautiful. And he was always like that. And uh, yeah, he didn't like fighting. He didn't like contention. He didn't like arguing. But that's because he was supposed to be. You know, most people don't like that stuff. 
He absolutely right. hated it. Yeah. So then, um, last December, when Ian fell sick, we had no idea what was going on underneath the surface, and we had no idea that um, his autism was directly related to it. And oh, so interesting. Yeah. So he fell sick, and um, and uh, that day, literally. He his spirit visited his father and said, "Dad, I need your help." And my father and my husband walked in the room and he was on the floor. He turned him over in his wheelchair blue, and he was gonna call an ambulance. Oh, he wasn't gonna call an ambulance. He was gonna see if his mom could come and get Ian. He comes and wakes me up, and I run downstairs and I roll him over, and his lips are still blue, but he is kind of alert. And um, I try to get him up, and I couldn't get him up. And the spirit said, you need to call an ambulance. You need to do it now. And mm-hmm. so that's the first thing I did. I said, you're, I said, you're not taking him anywhere. We're calling 911 and we're doing it now. Yeah. So we called 911 and they came and, and they were like, well, we got his blood sugar up. So um, if you can get him to a doctor, we're going to leave him. And then one of the EMTs said, we are not leaving this kid. You no are way. taking yeah. him. He said. Because we don't know what is wrong. Correct. And so they took him and he ended up on an ECMO machine and he got a blessing. The crazy thing was the blessing said that he would come home. And I and I held to that blessing and I said, he's going to come home. Right. He's coming home. He's not going to die in the hospital. He's coming home. And everybody said I was crazy. Everybody said I was nuts. They're like, nothing says that he's coming home. Everything leads to that he's going to die. And the doctors, every every week, he's not going to make it to the next week. Well, that first night, they said he wasn't going to make it 24 hours. He made it 24 hours. He made it into two weeks. He made it into three weeks. And then, And then he finally went to rehab. And then he had another relapse when he was in rehab. Mm-hmm. But we saw we saw four healings at the hospital. We saw him completely healed four times. Wow. Which I don't think that there was that that was a mistake at all. And um, and so finally they were going to do a genetics test, and um, my dad had muscu- muscular dystrophy, and so the spirit said, "You need to tell him. You need to tell the doctor that your dad had muscular dystrophy, and you need to do it now." Oh. <laughs> yeah. The spirit literally told me, you need to do it and you need to do it now. And I was going to wait because it was scary. It was a scary thing to even think about that, you know? Right, right. And so I said, okay. So I told the doctor and I said, I just want you to know my dad had muscular dystrophy. And um, he expedited, he, in that statement, expedited the genetics test. And when it came back, he had, um, X-linked dilated uh, cardiomyopathy, which only affects your heart, which was directly related to the muscular dystrophy gene, which also was the reason why he stopped speaking. He was in heart failure from the time he was three. And nobody caught it. Wow. His His heart was taking oxygen from the brain to preserve itself. So it was taking oxygen from the brain that speaks. So this was the first time that we realized that Ian knew everything that was going on around him. 
right. but could not communicate it to anyone. Can tell anybody what was going on. Right, right. And um, and then he had another disorder. So when he went in, he had another disorder called HLH that nobody knew about, and that is not on either side of the family. So mm-hmm. nobody would have ever caught that because nobody has that on either side of the family. And that was and genetic that, as well. That was that, found in the testing. Yeah, that was found in the testing too. And he, um, and so when when he fell sick, they uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, apparently his heart was at 50% function and this other disorder came in and destroyed the rest of his heart. Oh my gosh. So he would have lived to be 25 and not 16. Right. And so all this stuff happened. And then before he, and then before he was supposed to come home, we went there and he, he was like all swollen, having the rashes again. And his right. whole body was swollen and he was red as can be. And they said, you need to go get your kids because I don't think he's going to make it through the night. And we went and got our kids like they said. And mm-hmm. we came back and all the redness was gone. He was instantly healed. There was no swelling, no redness, no nothing when we came back. And then the doctors told us that they didn't think he was going to make it through the weekend. Well, he did make it through the weekend. So what happened after that was um, he came home. They said, Mm -hmm. oh, he's not going to make it through the weekend. And he came home and he made it three months. Well, the crazy thing is we were able, my husband was at work. He worked for Circle K at the time, which is a convenience store. Mm -hmm. And Make-A-Wish Foundation comes in um, just out of the blue, doesn't have any clue who they are. And they're like, Hey, your boss told us that you're, you have a son that's on hospice and we would like to offer you a wish. And um, my husband, so my husband's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, we need you to go on our website. We need you to put in the information to make a wish. We believe your son needs to have this wish. And so, so that's what I did. I did exactly that. And, um, and my husband's like, he needs to meet with the prophet. That's the first thing, because I was like, you know what? The prophet can heal him. The apostles can heal him. That was all I was thinking about was, oh, he can get a blessing and get healed. That was it. Well, well, um, they they checked all of his medical stuff and all the doctors cleared him in Arizona. But the prophet took um, called because the prophet's like, I'm too old to travel. I'm not going to be able to go to Arizona and you don't have to come here. And, and so we ended up not going to Utah, but Elder Gong said, mm-hmm. I will go to Arizona. I'm already there on the 19th of May. I will meet with them, with this family. So we wow. met with Elder Gong uh-huh. and um, he shared some scriptures with us. And um, I did give you like the questions that I asked. And then the scriptures that were associated yeah. with those questions. Um, um, I didn't realize until just recently when I went back and read them again. Yeah. That he knew my son was going to pass away. And that he could have reached out his hand and saved him. But it wasn't in the plan. Right. And you know how hard it is to 
except that that's not in the plan. Right. We already saw him healed four times, but the last time he wasn't supposed to be healed. Does that make sense? It, you know, it does. And I think it's so interesting interviewing all of these people because as so my background is that I have two brothers with disabilities as well and one of both of them have down syndrome but one of them has always had a lot of a lot of issues and he's been he has been in some very similar situations as your son where he was having some health problems and then he'd take a big dip and everyone was like okay well this is it we don't know and then he'd miraculously get better you know I feel like everything you're saying is is the exact same as how my mom felt and how my me and my siblings feel and my dad where we we want the healing too right we yeah. want to just say we we know that the priesthood is real we know that the priesthood can do that but it's it's thy will not mine be done exactly and that is the hardest it's the hardest part to accept because it's well, do I, is it a lack of faith that I can't have my, my brother healed? Or is it a, the, does it show the amount of faith that I can say, okay, I'm ready to let him go. Yeah. And I, and I, and I want him to, to, to be done. Like, and, and as I've thought a lot about this and about my brothers in general, I truly believe like what you said, how we are privileged to have these people in our lives yep. because my brothers have the most special sweet spirits that I, I have not found that anywhere else. Even my brother, Ahan, the one who has very, is very ill, his room, I walk into his room, Jennifer, and it feels like the celestial room in the temple. That's how that's how our, that's how his work felt. Like we could just feel that spirit. Yep, you can feel it, and it's tangible. And like everything that you say, like I feel so privileged that I have Ahan and Stefko in my lives because they've taught me more about faith with the trials that they go through than I've I feel like in some ways I've ever had to learn. Yeah. There were a couple times that, uh, right, about a month before Ian passed, that I went in his room and I saw him praying. He was folding his arms and he was praying. And, uh, and I was like, he really does have a relationship with Heavenly Father. He really does speak with angels. Right. And um, this was like about a month before he passed. And then... About three days before he passed, he kept on saying, Mommy, I want to go. And I couldn't let him. I couldn't say, you can go, honey. And then the day before he passed, Daddy was there. And, um, and uh, he looked at Daddy and he said, I want to go. And my husband said, where does he want to go? And I said, 
where do you think he wants to go? And I looked up and I said, he wants to go to heaven. And he knows where he wants to go. Yep. Within 24 hours after that time, he passed. Because he realized that Bobby knew where he wanted to go. But I couldn't say, you can go. Yeah. So then we, I said, make a wish. And I said, can you send this? to Elder yeah. Gong, and um, yeah. he, they said that Ian had passed Elder Gong, and Elder Gong sent us a condolences. She said, I was impressed by the courage, determination, and faith of his family in trying circumstances, and that Ian will be fully restored in the resurrection thanks to the atoning sacrifice of our Savior Jesus. Yeah. That's about what he said. And then he said he was, uh, he would have come to the funeral, but he was on assignment in the United Kingdom, but he was going to be with us in spirit. That's really special. Yeah. And uh, I was so grateful that um, we had that experience with Elder Gong. And then, um, I just want to close with one thing. Like two weeks before, Ian, so Ian's birthday was in September. Sister Gong and Elder Gong, we, I gave Sister Gong uh, a necklace to thank her, and the necklace had Ian's thumbprint and his birthstone on it. Make a wish to not know his birthday was in September. Yeah. But two weeks before his birthday, we get, I, I come home from work and there's a package. And I open up the package, and there's a little white box in there. And there's a crystal in it. But there was, the thing that caught me was the card. The card says, some people leave such a bright light on the world that when they are gone, the light still remains. And it was a crystal that you hang from your window, and it makes rainbows all over your room. So we hung it in our window and stuff, and it literally put rainbows all over our room every day that the sun shone on shown through it so how do you feel like then you know this whole experience how do you feel like it has anchored you to jesus christ um it it's made us realize that jesus christ is he is in control and he knows what what we need when we need it and he will always be there we just have to we just have to reach out to him and just have to let him in through trying times, but he knows what he's doing. Right. You know, these children, and we saw children die all the time at the hospital. And it's so heart wrenching just when you have a child that passes because you go, why? Why did this happen to me? Why, why did I have to go through this? But then I look through all those times and I go, you know, those are the times that I was strengthened, the time that I had Ian. The trial may have been hard, but I was able to be closer to Jesus Christ because of that trial and and um, kind of have that kind of relationship with him through that. Because through those times, you want to reach to him. You want to say, hey, I need your help. I can't do it by myself. Please help me. Please strengthen me. And he will always strengthen you, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter... The circumstances, no matter if you're mourning and crying every day for your son and want your son to be there, 
Christ is always there and he understands. Like my, my husband told me once he said, he said, Heavenly Father understands because Heavenly Father also sacrificed his only begotten son. And so that we could come back to him. So he understands more than anybody else what it's like to lose a son. Because he watched his son suffer in pain. And, and, and obviously rise back the third day. But he saw that. He saw his son go through all of that. And uh, so him and Jesus Christ understand what we are going through. And, and they can strengthen us because they do understand. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing Ian's story. And oh, do you, would you mind leaving us with a testimony? And sure. So I, uh, I do have a really, really strong testimony of, of miracles and testimony of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ gave his life for us so that we could live with him again so that we could be resurrected and be with our families and um i'm so grateful for that knowledge that i can be with my son again it may not be now it may not be tomorrow but i know that that is something that is going to happen and i will see him again and i will be able to be whole as a whole, as my family will be together forever and uh I'm so grateful for the love of Jesus Christ that he allows us to be anchored to him. And I'm so grateful for this church because I think without the priesthood, I don't know how I would have survived those days without seeing those miracles or seeing the priesthood in action. But I believe that the priesthood is real and that God brought it here for our benefit to help us and strengthen us and I'm so grateful for everything that he has done for me and my family and I say these things in Jesus Christ's name thank you Jennifer for sharing your story with us it was incredibly powerful I really appreciate it you're welcome thanks again for tuning into more than coincidence remembering Jesus Christ in your story please follow us on social media or share us with a friend. If you have an experience you'd like to share, feel free to reach out to morethancoincidence.rememberhim at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear all of the amazing memories you all have of our Savior. See you next time.